How many of you are glad you've become your mother? I wished I could become my mother. She was such a thousand times better mother than I'll ever be. I wished I could be my mother. <laughs> Praise God. Well, we all have but a few minutes here, so we're going to talk fast. Is that okay? Uh, we're going to talk about growing mothers. And also, tonight we are having a big Mother's Day service in Pine Bluff. So if you haven't been to Pine Bluff with us in a long time, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> tonight would be an awesome time to go. We're, yes, the Pine Bluff Church. Yes, you thought we were going to the Pine Bluff nightclub? <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. <laughs> if you don't know how to get to the Pine Bluff Church, what time are we leaving here, Thelma, Donald? They have a beautiful building in Pine Bluff now. Three o'clock, meet us right here and we'll caravan to Pine Bluff and have a big Mother's Day service down there. So if you want to bless Donald and Thelma, which everybody in here should, because they're such a blessing to us, let's go join them and help them build that Pine Bluff church. Hallelujah. Okay, as mothers, we uh, never should get to the place that we quit growing. Just because our kids grow up and leave home, if we ever get to the place that we quit growing in the Lord... Well, see, our, our purpose in life is not just to have children and get them through school. And although that is a wonderful feeling when that last kid graduates, I mean, I had kids at home for 33 years. When that last one graduated, I really and truly felt like I was out of jail. No more watching the clock from 8.30 till 3.30 every single day. It was heaven on earth. I, I never had empty nest syndrome. Now, Vicki Vaughn, on the other hand... We'll probably cry for a month or pack up her bags and leave with her son. <laughs> so uh, every mother handles the empty nest differently. Some of us throw parties. Some of us go into deep depression. But it's okay. <laughs> when our children leave home, it is not the end of the world for mothers. We have to continue to grow. We have to keep growing. So I'm going to quickly talk about three areas that we need to grow in all of our life because these are three areas that we have to teach our children how to grow in because they're three of the most important things in our lives that help us succeed. And I'm going to try to um, use my iPad, so I hope I don't get lost. <laughs> Let me just, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you several scriptures and then, and then I'll say a couple of things. The reason is is because... I don't have any confidence in anything coming out of my mouth helping anybody. <laughs> you don't have to hang around with me very long to figure that one out. <laughs> but the Word of God is more powerful than a two-edged sword. And the Word of God can bring anything alive. It can turn anything around. It can fix every problem. And so I'm going to read you uh, several scriptures because the Word... I just believe, God, that when you leave here today, one of these scriptures is going to grab a hold of you. And change your life. Because that's what the Word of God does. It changes our life. Okay, Second Timothy said, And from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So see, Timothy had been studying the Scriptures from a child, and now he is pastor of church. So you never, never quit going to the Word of God. For all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine. That's another word for truth. Uh, and we don't want to live in lies, right? We want to live in the truth. And for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And the man or the woman of God, so that the man, woman of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So how many of you women want to be perfect? 
Well, that scripture right there tells us how to do it. Amen? Second Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So how many of you want to never be ashamed at something that comes out of your mouth? And how many of you want to be approved by God? Well, that scripture tells us how to do it. Study his word. First Peter 2, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word so that you can grow thereby. And if you have tasted that the Lord is good. So how many of you want to continue to grow or you want to just stay a little uh, fat, small baby all your life? If we don't stay on the word, stay in the word, we'll just become little fat, small babies that nobody can't stand to be around us. Second, uh, Peter 3, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, the only way to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ is through the Word. That's the only way we can get that knowledge. And when we go to the Word, then the Holy Spirit opens that Word up and teaches us things we don't know. Okay, so the three most important things that we need to grow in, the number one is patience, right? Have you ever met an old person that was just gripey and grumpy and thought everything should be their way just because they were old? That the world owed them just because they were old. You know, that's a person who didn't grow in patience. And, and the older they got, the, more, the less patient that they got. How many of you want to be an old person like that? Jerry and I uh, spend uh, our vacation in Florida in the summer, and Florida is full of the meanest old people you've ever been around. I'm, I'm not joking. They are just, they just retired at the end of their life, and so many of them are not saved. And all they do is just sit around and gripe. When we moved into our condo, they, one guy come out there and just jumped all over us and had never met us before because we had a boat. You know, and that's what will happen if we don't grow in the fruits of the spirit and in patience. Uh, in James one, it says, and see, mothers, you really have to teach your children how to be patient. We live in the most unpatient world that has ever been. You know, everything is instant. Food is instant. Uh, service at the stores is instant. And you remember a couple of years, a few years ago, a guy in El Dorado sitting in a bank line that was going too slow. And he pulled out his gun and shot the woman in front of him. Because the line was going too, too, too slow through the bank line. And that's the world we live in. That's why there's road rage, you know. People have no patience. And we have to have patience to be a godly person. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work. Why? So that you will be perfect. And you won't need anything. So if you want to be perfect... How, let me ask you, how many of you in here need something? Then you're lacking in patience. Because the Bible says when we have patience, we don't, need, we, don't, we don't like for anything. Isn't that a powerful promise? Powerful promise. And I'm like you. I, I, I like in a lot of things too, but I'm believing God for patience. <laughs> you know, uh, the word testing here is the Greek word that means it's, it's when they put a metal into fire. And they keep putting that metal into fire until it becomes so pure that it ref you can reflect your image in it. The gold becomes so pure or the silver becomes so pure. And see, that's what happens when we go through testing and our faith is tested and our patience is testing and we uh, go to God and we say, God, you've got to help. We become so pure that we reflect Jesus. And that's our whole goal in life. Luke 21 says, by your patience, you will possess your soul. You know, your soul is different from your spirit. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And all of us have childhood wounds in our soul that make us do crazy things. But see, patience will cause us to possess our soul, to be able to 
take control of the soul that tries to make us act in ways that we shouldn't make and, and let us rule out of our spirit, which always acts like God. So patience is vitally important, and it's vitally important to teach our children. Uh, giving your children everything they want, every time they want it, is the worst thing you can do for your children. Let me tell you this story. Back in 1970, these psychiatrists did this test, and they brought a whole class full of uh, kindergartners in, and they set them down at a table, and they gave them a plate, and they gave them a marshmallow. And so then they told them, they said, now we're going to go in the other room, and we're going to come back in about 10 minutes, and if you want two marshmallows, then don't eat your marshmallow. Wait till we get back. And you can have two marshmallows. So they left the room, and of course, children with no patience, they all ate their marshmallows. But the children who had been taught patience by their parents waited. So when they came back, they got two marshmallows. Well, they studied that group of children for the next 20 years. And do you know what they found out? All of the children who had patience went to college, got degrees. Uh, many of them were doctors and lawyers and uh, educated people, coaches, nurses, and they uh, are the women uh, married and, and raised godly children. But the children that could not wait, the biggest majority of them were either in jail, couldn't keep down a job, couldn't hold down a job, had been divorced several times. Do you see how important patience is? It is important to every single thing we do. If you're going to be good at anything, if you're going to be a good basketball player, you're going to patiently stand out there and shoot that basket over and over and over and over. If you're going to be good at anything, you're going to have to patiently work at it. And parents who do not teach their children patience, you're handicapping, you're setting your children on a road of lack all their life doing without all their life because patience gives you everything you want and makes you perfect. And so parents, if you don't have patience, how are you going to teach your children patience? Like for instance, if they want to buy something, don't give them the money, let them work for it and save for it. Save for that thing. The patience of saving that money uh, and the reward of going out and buying what they wanted after they've saved for it. See, patience will make or break you as an adult. Okay. Romans uh, 8.25 says, wait a minute, I skipped one. Um, Romans 5 says, the, whom we have access, we have access to God by faith and to this grace which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces faith. It says perseverance, I mean patience, it's the word patience. And patience works character. And character gives hope. So children without patience don't have any character. You see, adults without patience don't have character. Patience is vitally important for us to be mature and have everything that we want. Uh, Romans uh, 8 says, if we hope for what we do not see, then we eagerly wait for it with patience. I use the New King James. It probably says perseverance, the word patience. Uh, so just because that we don't see something, if we can believe and hope and wait for God to do it, it will make us perfect and give us everything that we want. Romans 15 says, whatever things were written were written for our learning so that we through patience and comfort of the scripture would have hope that the God of patience, he's called the God of patience. I think that's pretty cool. All right, I got a bunch more, but we got to move on. Okay, the next one, really important one is faith. 
Jesus came, this woman came to Jesus and he healed her and he said to her, your faith has saved you. Faith is the way we're saved. Saved means healed, delivered. Uh, I'm going to go on down. I'm going to skip a few of these, Colton. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm going to skip on down. In uh, Acts 3, it says, And in his name and through faith in his name, he has made this man strong, whom you know. And the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness. How many of you want perfect soundness? How many of you want healing? All those things come by faith. But in Matthew 8, Jesus said, Why are you so fearful? Oh, you have little faith. And then he arose and rebuked the man. So if you have fear, you don't have faith. The only way to get faith is you have to go to the Word of God and believe it and act on it. That's the only way to get God. And so if you're not spending time in the Word of God and not obeying it, then you cannot have faith. And faith gives you everything. It gives you healing. It gives you answers to your prayers. It gives you miracles. Uh, and then in Luke 17, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Lord, increase our faith. And see, this is a prayer that we should pray every single day. Faith is a muscle. It has to be worked and it has to be increased. You don't start believing God for cancer. You start believing God for a headache or uh, some other kind of little pain. And you, and you build that faith muscle so that if cancer comes along, then you can, you can be healed. Uh, but you, most, uh, you, beloved, build up your own, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost is one way to, another way to build your faith. It's very important. Okay, and then uh, the centurion came to Jesus and asked him to heal his servant. And uh, Jesus was going to come heal him. And the centurion said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the word only and my servant will be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say, to this one go and he goes, to that one go. And so he said, Jesus, don't come to my house, just speak the word only. And Jesus looked at him and said, I have never seen faith this great. So we can have no, no faith, little faith, or great faith. It's our choice. It's not, God doesn't make that decision. And see, we have to teach our children to have faith. I mean, that is just, we have to teach our, they're not going to make it successful in life without faith. And so uh, understanding how to walk under authority is how you have great faith. And so women, if you cannot submit to your husband, you will never have great faith. Men, if you can't submit to your uh, uh, boss on your job, you can't ever have great faith. Great faith comes from understanding submission. You submit to the Word of God. You submit to God. I have so many scriptures on this, but we don't have time. And you just understand, if you're wondering why you aren't getting your prayers answered, it's probably because you're in rebellion somewhere in your life. And women, if you're wondering why your children are not submitting to you and not listening, it's probably because you're rebelling against your husband. And see, when we rebel against our authority, no matter who our authority, if you talk bad about the president, no wonder you can't get your prayers answered. He's the authority of this country. We didn't put him there, but he's there. God put him there. The Bible said. And when we don't submit, if you don't submit to policemen and then wonder why you don't get your prayers answered. Because great faith comes from submitting to the authority. And the Bible says all authority comes from God. Okay. That don't mean all authority is godly. By no means. <laughs> but what happens is when we get up under an ungodly authority, we pray and God will remove it. See, but that don't give us the right to rebel and not submit because, see, what you must understand, you can only have great faith if you submit to those that are over you. Women, your children will not submit to you. Husbands, your wives will not submit to you when you don't submit to your authority. Uh, you have to understand submission to have great faith. And the most important thing we have to submit to is the Word of God. All right. 
Uh, let's see. And then the last one is love. We have to teach our children to love like Jesus. We all want to love like the people that raised us. We want to love like our mothers and love like our fathers. But, you know, our mothers and fathers aren't Jesus. They made them a lot of mistakes. And they do a lot of things wrong. And kids, y'all just close your eyes right here. <laughs> I mean, ears. Close your ears right here. <laughs> kids tend to think that their parents are perfect and don't make any mistakes. But then when they get older and start doing things the way their parents did and they get in trouble, they find out, oh, my mom and dad didn't do that right. Then you got to go to Jesus and learn how to do it right. I had the most wonderful parents in the world. I, they were very godly, but when my dad would get real mad, he'd cuss my mama out and it'd be over. She'd get mad, she'd cuss him out and it'd be over. <laughs> they didn't care. They didn't hold grudges. Or, they just have a cussing spell and it was over. But you know what? When I got saved, I found out I couldn't do that. <laughs> and so just because that's the way our mom and dad loved, that don't mean it's right. We got to go to Jesus and find out how to love. And we're going to have to change a lot of things in our life to be able to love like Jesus. But the greatest thing that we can do for our children is love the way Jesus loved. Learn how he loved. Love like he loved. You know, some parents are so bad about uh, teaching their children to be mad at other kids and hold grudges and tell them they're better than other kids. Well, see, that's not love. You know, some parents teach their children to be prejudiced. You know, that's not love. Some people teach their children that, you know, if you're not the best athlete, you're not, you're not worth much. That's not love, you know. We've got to love like Jesus loved. And if we learn to love like Jesus loved, then we can teach our children how to love like Jesus loved. And then they can teach their children how to love like Jesus loved. So the three most important things, and let me just say this. The Holy Spirit just keeps hitting this on me. Parents, when you get mad at each other and hold grudges, what are you teaching your children? And when you pout and don't speak to each other for two or three days, what are you teaching your children? To love like the devil. To act like the devil. And so I don't know why the Holy Spirit keeps, getting on, keeps hitting on that. Parents, you've got to learn how to love each other. So you're setting an example for your children, you know. And, and mothers, you've got to learn how to submit to their husband because you're teaching your daughters to be Jezebels. And a Jezebel is not going to ever get anything from God and have faith. You know, it's so important what we teach our children. It's so important. Okay, we're going to pray. And while we're praying, do y'all want to go ahead and bring down the uh, gifts? Oh, while they're doing that, right before we pray, Miss Thelma's got three books she's going to pass out. I told her to pick. This one, one of them is called The Seven Laws of Love. It's probably the best book on love I've ever read. I do all my marriage counseling out of that book. That one's an audio book. Uh, and the, that one is by uh, Rick Warren on um, parenting and love. And then the other one is uh, The Seven Laws of Love. And I have a whole bunch more of those books on parenting by Rick, Rick uh, 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 Warren. So if you need one of those, if you're having any issues with your children, you let me see those. I have about 25 of those in my office. Thank you, Miss Thelma. All right, and now, y'all come in. We're going to go ahead and pray. So let's all close our eyes, and let's all ask the Lord. Father, please look at my life. Correct me as your child. Show me the areas of my life that I am not walking in patience. I'm not walking in love. I'm not walking in faith. Help me get this right in my life 
so that I don't mess up my children coming up after me, Lord. Help me, Father, to keep growing. Help me to understand that I must spend time in your word every single day or I cannot have patience, I cannot have love, and I cannot have faith. Help me, God. Make me different this year because, Lord, I want to grow up in you. And while your eyes are still closed, if there's anybody here that you've never asked Jesus to come into your heart, this morning is the perfect time to do it. If you just came and visited this morning, but you've never really accepted Jesus, if you would, excuse me, just raise your hand. We'll just pray with you. I'm not going to ask you to come down this morning. If you have never asked Jesus to come into your heart, if you'll raise your hand, okay? I see that one. Anyone else? Anyone else? Okay. Well, let's all pray together with this one that is going to ask the Lord. Say, Father, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I come to you. As a sinner with a broken heart. And I ask you to forgive all of my sins. Wash them all away with your holy blood. Come into my life. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I'll forever serve you. And be like you in Jesus name. Amen.